G'day and welcome to the Cultivate Farms podcast. Sam Marwood here and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We're thinking of as many ways to get you onto your farm or help you to step back and we really hope you find all this information useful and inspiring. Let's get you farming. Attaining a Bachelor of Ag Science at Melbourne University in 2004, Sam consolidated her career as a Senior Policy Officer at the Department of Sustainability and Environment making policy and planning and supporting the management of Victoria's natural environment. In 2015, Sam launched Edge Pledge. This social enterprise connects people worldwide, enabling financial pledges to protect endangered wildlife on the brink of extinction. Most notably, Sam co-founded Cultivate Farms in 2015 and continues to this day as the managing director. As a social enterprise, Cultivate Farms connects young farming families with a retiring farming family and investors, and together they own and operate a farm. The mission of Cultivate Farms is to rejuvenate regional Australia by spreading the love of the land in a manner that will restore farming as a career of choice. Please welcome Sam Marwood. Well, thank you very much, and thanks, Kim, and thanks you to Carly Langdon as well for organising this. This is a little bit different um, for everyone uh, on in Facebook world, on video world. Um, we are live with the Alpine Valleys Community Leadership Program. Um, they're running around uh, Victoria, uh, talking to great people in the uh, business world, uh, and they are the leaders in the local community, which is great. And uh, Carly's invited us to come and talk about the power of social media. Um, in particular, we're going to talk about the how we are uh, promoting to aspiring farmers, uh, the need for them to be using social media. And I think tied into this as well is that I think business in general hasn't really realised the power of social media. Uh, so they're the sort of points I'm going to go through um, and I'm going to also describe how we started Cultivate Farms and how we're using social media um, to get the attention we need to uh, get a lot of people onto farms. And uh, I guess we're sort of walking the talk right now. This is a, a Facebook Live uh, video and we're sharing. I've got a cool app called Ecamm Live if others want to check this out. Uh, it allows you to, which connected via Skype, uh, and but we're streaming through this app through Facebook Live, which is very exciting. And this is the first time I've used it. I've got a little screen, little images I can th throw up, but you guys can't see it, but the uh, rest of the world can. Um, but I'll uh, I'll just pop them up to, through throughout the presentation. So thank you very much for having me. I think we've got about 20 minutes. Uh, is that right, Carly? Uh, I can sort of see if you nod. Yes, thanks. That's great. Thanks, Sam. Yep. Um, so let's get cracking. Um, so yeah, my name's Sam Marwood. I started Cultivate Farms with a couple of good mates of mine, also my brother is a web developer about three years ago, and pretty much it's out of necessity. So I grew up on a dairy farm in central Victoria, and I still remember my dad um, laughing when I asked when I'd get the farm, and he said, no, nah, you're not getting it. Mum and I are selling and, and moving to town, and how else are we going to unlock our retirement funds? And that's what they did. So I knew at a young age, I was about eight, that I'd never be a farmer because I think intuitively you know that unless you inherit the farm or you are very wealthy, farm ownership is almost impossible. So I went off and, and as Kim talked about, um, went and worked for the Victorian government for about 15 years or so um, and realised I still had this passion for, for farming uh, and I worked in natural resource management and uh, I caught up with Tim Hicks, uh, who's a good friend of mine, and one day we were... Um, just out um, 
shopping for his brother's um, uh, wedding suit and for us as a groomsman and he just said, you know, all I want to be is a farmer uh, and but I'm not a millionaire. How how am I going to own a farm? But what if there was a business that made it possible for anyone to own a farm and I just clicked and I went back to being eight years old again and thinking, wow, imagine if at eight years old someone said to me, Sam, it's okay for your parents not to give you the farm because there's another pathway for you to own your farm. And um, and for the last three years, we've been trying to unpack what this concept is and um, it's only been the last 12 months we've realised we've really got something here with Cultivate Farms. It's really exciting. Um, we're even uh, thinking about and talking to people internationally about this concept, which is very, very cool as well. So, um, yeah, it's taken us three years to get where we are um, today, um, and I'll talk about some of our successes, but mainly going to focus on the social media side of things. But the way Cultivate Farms works is, I guess, a sort of a matchmaking service. Um, we did think about calling ourselves eFarmony, uh, but everyone thought it was a bit too corny. Um, so it's, it's, we connect an aspiring farmer with a retiring farmer and investors to own and operate a farm together. So we're saying to aspiring farmers, you don't need to have that million dollars, but through relationships, through demonstrating how passionate you are, um, through showing you've got the skills you can be connected with and you can create your own connections with retiring farmers who are looking to step back and share their farm or with, or, and or with investors. Uh, who want to buy a farm but aren't going to run it themselves and need someone clever and dedicated to have a crack. So we're all about relationships. This is about connecting people who want to get onto farms uh, and to farm well together. And I guess a big, big driver of why we're doing this is because we want to rejuvenate regional communities. And we feel the biggest reason why communities are uh, getting smaller and, and struggling around Australia is because of the inability for young people to access capital. I think if we can demonstrate to anyone that they can own a farm, uh, we will get thousands of young people back to the bush or anyone who wants to be a farmer back to onto farms across the country and uh, go a long way to rejuvenating communities. So that's sort of the underlying driver of why we're doing this. And um, once we get a few of our case studies, which I'll talk about in a second, up and running, I think we've got a, it's, we've got a real chance of, of being part of that rejuvenation across the country. So the traction so far is... We've spoken to, I think, nearly up to around a thousand aspiring farmers across the country, all who have that same desire to own a farm, but they don't have the money, uh, and they are just out there working every day on farms, or maybe they're in skyscrapers across the country, um, just desperate to be farmers, but they're off doing something else because they know they couldn't be a farmer. Um, so we know there's plenty of us clever aspiring farmers out there. We've got about 70 retiring farmers we're talking to now who love the idea of stepping back and handing on to someone who's going to love the farm just as much as, as they are or as they, and they do um, and be involved. So be I guess become the chairperson rather than the CEO, um, see the farm go to the next level. Uh, and we've got a handful of investors, uh, which is really exciting, but we're also unlocking what the concept of an investor is. And this is something that's a bit of a passion of mine. I I want to encourage regional communities to um, stop complaining that young people aren't coming back to the bush and but realise that they have the power themselves to bring them back. And there are a lot of people in across Australian regional communities who have money in the bank or are looking to invest that money and we're saying, why invest it in the stock exchange or investments outside your community? Why aren't we investing into local farms? You know the area, you know the land, you know how it works. Uh, why aren't you investing in and in, um, supporting the next generation of farmers? So we'd love to be able to unlock who is an investor, um, that they are retired farmers, that they're community members, that you're, that you're friends and family. And even crowdfunding, so equity crowdfunding is all being unlocked now by the, uh, the national government. And so it's possible now for, for a couple thousand bucks, anyone can own part of a farm. And so we're actually working through this right now with an organisation called Domacom. Um, and they are 
all about fractionalized investment into property, and we're about to um, we started raising money for a farm in Wagga, a free-range pig farm, which is very exciting. And if this this works and looks like it's going to, we'll unlock a whole new source of funds across the country for anyone who wants to get on a farm. Um, so I think that's a big driver because I think the two words that scare people most in the farming world are the idea of sharing uh, and investors. And so we're just trying to break that down to say sharing isn't about giving stuff away for free. It's about seeing your farm go to the next level. Uh, and investors isn't about handing your farm over or getting someone in who doesn't care about you or your farm. It's about finding the right people who want to see you grow your farm um, and do it with you. So our successes so far is we've got our first farm match with an investor um, just gone through. It's another free-range pig farm in Kyabrum, uh, which is brilliant, and that's matching with an aspiring farmer. So they pitched a proposal, and this investor thought it was so great that they backed them. And that's exactly the model we want to follow from here on in. Um, we are crowdfunding that property, as I talked about. Uh, just recently, we matched uh, an aspiring farmer on a 3,500-acre farm in central Victoria and matched another one on a 5,000-acre farm yeah, up in north of Griffith. Uh, and we're working on those other retiring farmers that I talked about before. And we've got investors who have phoned us up and said, we want it, we've got money. Show us the farm and show us the farmers and we'll back them. So that's all really starting to get traction, which is really exciting. And I guess the core of this and the core of this presentation is to outline how we've got this traction. And I think primarily it's through social media. Um, uh, there's lots of data out there and I think that shows the power of social media and how often people are on their phones uh, and uh, using social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and I've got a graph on the screen now which shows how many times people pull their phone out um, during the day and it's up to, some people pull it over out 200 times a day uh, or checking it 56 times a day. So everyone knows, and you guys are on your phones right now, everyone knows that people are on their phone, that's where they live most of their life, or on their computer checking social media. And I just just believe so much in the power of you as business people and aspiring farmers in creating content uh, that can get to the people you want to influence your life or influence your business. And it's free. Uh, everyone is using it. So we're just so uh, excited by the potential of social media for us as Cultivate Farms, um, but also for aspiring farmers across the country. Um, there's even data which is showing where people use their phones. And I've got some graphs up here from Deloitte. Um, so people use it on public transport while at work, watching TV. So everyone, an ad comes on, you get your phone out and you're watching your phone uh, and social media. Um, so that TV ads aren't really that useful anymore. So why, again, we need to be creating content where people are and get their attention. Uh, so that, I guess, is my thesis from this whole presentation is that we know where attention is. There's no argument about that. It is uh, online. It is through social media. If you want that attention for your business or to attract attention from potentially investors or retiring farmers, you just need to be creating content online. And that's sort of been our motto for the last 18 months or so. Uh, we've seen the value of it and we're now putting in all the effort we can to create that content to get the attention, to open doors to even more opportunities than uh, what I've outlined so far with Cultivate Farms. Um, and what is the, I guess, the, the core of that content, and this is what we're telling aspiring farmers as well, is that it's either video, written, or audio, or photos. So they're the sort of, as basic as it gets, that's the sort of content you need to create. Um, and it's not that hard. Everyone's got their videos on their phones uh, and the camera on their phones, and you can write a couple of sentences and you can get that out to the people that you want to influence. So this is the core of, of uh, what we are telling aspiring farmers. And I think as a, as a summary of, the, of where we are as a human race, I think right now is the most 
uh, exciting opportunity to be alive in terms of starting a business or, or getting access to money as an aspiring farmer, you can get in contact with absolutely anybody in Australia, in the world, uh, that you need uh, to influence to uh, get what you want. For an aspiring farmer, that means uh, you could create a Facebook page, you could do a little video of you just saying, hey, I'm an awesome aspiring farmer, here are my skills, I want a farm, uh, I would love to chat to any retiring farmer, please contact me, email address. And for $50, you could put an ad up and get that in front of every uh, farmer who's over, let's say, 60, within a 200-kilometer radius of where you want to farm. Uh, so for 50 bucks, you could uh, have a connection with someone who could get you onto their property. And I, just, I just think it's just amazing, uh, that ability to target the people that you want. There are no more gatekeepers anymore to information and, and sharing this content. Uh, there is no, and there's, everyone is on, online. There's no... There's, there's people over 80 on, on social media and Facebook. Uh, I think we've all got examples of people we know who are who are on it. Um, so there's no uh, no reason. I can't see any reason why people uh, aren't using social media more. And I guess we've just got to keep reiterating, reiterating that. And that's sort of our focus at the moment. Um, we encourage people to pull a website together as an aspiring farmer and have it purely saying, hey, I'm a great farmer. I want to be connected with retiring farmers in this district. And I would love to chat to anyone who wants to invest. It costs you zero dollar, maybe ten dollars to create a website. Um, we should be getting out there creating this sort of content, and we're also then people are saying, "Well, what sort of content are you creating as an aspiring farmer?" And this is even for a business. And I think it, it is primarily about documenting your journey, and that's what we've been doing: is getting on there and just describing what's happened the last week. Uh, who have you met? Um, what have you learnt? Uh, who have you been? Um, who, who has come up with the best quotes or best ideas uh, uh, recently and just get on there and talk about it. You don't have to be the expert in a, in a field uh, to get on there and start creating that content. And that's, for us as Cultivate Farms, we've been doing weekly updates on Facebook Live, um, just talking about what's happened the last week. And we've had a lot of people say to us that we feel they feel like we're friends but we've never met just because we're creating this content which hopefully is really useful for our followers and trying to inspire them to follow their farm ownership dreams. But again, it, it costs no money for us to get on there uh, and talk and talk. That's all I'm doing and that's all we're doing as a, as a team. And then we can turn that into little snippets. We can cut into 30-second videos which we share again around different topics. Um, but again, I think the biggest barrier we've got to get over is just this a nervousness of getting in front of a camera. Like I was a little bit nervous preparing for this today, but you just got to get over it and move on uh, and push your way through because this is just the the way that the world is now. You've got to uh, be able to create content online. And if you're no good in front of a camera, have a crack at writing or um, sharing photos, but just figure out what you're good at um, and then create that con uh, content. Um, we're also telling aspiring fa farmers that they've got to learn to talk it out we find so many people in the in the farming world are almost embarrassed to say they want to be a farmer and we just think that's terrible because if you aren't telling people you want to be a farmer how a door is going to open for you and how opportunity is going to open so we're just encouraging them one just tell people at dinner parties it's as simple as that or when you go anywhere and people say what are you up to you say i'm finding a farm i'm going to own a farm soon and then they could have connections who could help connect you but unless you're telling people um it's going to be hard for those opportunities to pop up um the other thing we're telling them is um, provide value. And I think this is true for any business. Um, uh, if you're trying to get the attention of somebody or get someone to give um, pay for your services, just go out there and create value straight away. 
Um, and so we're saying if you want to connect with a retiring farmer who could share your, their farm with you and share that ownership with you, why aren't you out there um, trying to find ways to support that farmer in the first place, expecting nothing in return? So going out there and fixing gates or offering to do fencing or uh, bringing them dinner uh, during shearing time or, or milking time, um, helping them apply for land care grants um, or supporting them with local causes that they care about. Um, think about ways that you can create value um, to these people who can open doors for you. Um, and that's the key one for us with aspiring farmers is how can you influence retiring farmers to um, uh, think about you as the top priority for someone you'd want to hand your farm onto or sell their, your farm onto. Um, and then we talk a lot about uh, persistence and patience. So we know that uh, aspiring farmers, uh, the chance of you getting onto a farm with a retiring farmer is... Uh, isn't likely within a day or or two weeks. It's probably going to take a year, two years, three years. So we're just encouraging people to get out there and hustle and work hard, but have patience as well. So keep on creating content online um, and keep building your audience because uh, it takes a long time. Don't expect people um, to get your message straight away. You've just got to be out there constantly creating this content. The same as Cultivate Farms. We've created a lot of content that um, hasn't been seen because no, no one thought it was any good, so we're learning and getting better at it. But um, it's all about just being persistent and not getting uh, disheartened when people aren't, aren't watching. Um, but we know in the long run it's, it's going to work out. The other thing we're telling aspiring farmers is that you should know the landscape better than any real estate agent in your, in your district. Uh, you just need to be on top of what is happening in terms of who is likely to sell, who isn't, who will never sell, uh, who's going to hand on to their kids so that you can be on top of um, those people that you need to, to get to know and convince that you are the best person that they should be thinking about uh, getting onto their farm. Uh, and then also, once you've got your social media presence, you can be putting your audience to work. And this isn't about having a following of a million people. You only need 200 people uh, in your networks to be constantly hearing about what you're doing. And then every now and then you put a call out and say, hey guys, let us know if you've found a farm that's over 500 acres. Uh, I want to get on it. Um, please let me know. And who knows? I think we've all had conversations uh, connecting people who need something and it's worked out really well. And I guess that's a theory here is um, just keep using the people who uh, are following you uh, and want to hear about your story and use their networks to, to open doors uh, for you. Um, so the, I guess the content we've been doing for Cultivate Farms, uh, as I talked about, is our main one is we do a weekly update on Facebook Live. It means we don't have to edit. We um, can have all our um, stuff-ups uh, along the way in the video, and people don't care. Uh, people just want to see that you're real, and that's why I love the value of Facebook Live and what we're doing right now even. People just want to reach in and, and be a part of the journey, and that's what we want to do. We want to connect people with ourselves so we can kick around ideas of how they're going to get on their farm. But creating that video allows me to create lots of snippets around it, which is which is great for creating more content. Um, we do interviews, so sometimes we, we've got another app where we can interview via Skype uh, and put those interviews up. Just anybody, aspiring farmers, anyone in the in the farming industry that can help um, aspiring or retiring farmers. Um, we share other people's um, content. We ask questions of our audience. Um, we often even do running commentaries of things that have happened. There was a a farmers, aspiring farmers meeting in Sydney one day that was written up in the land, and I just, I just got onto Facebook Live that day and just wrote about and talked about how disappointed we were that we weren't invited, uh, and then that got through uh, to the people who set up the event and they heard about it and they apologised. 
um, yeah, they they heard about that we were disappointed that we couldn't we weren't there at the Sydney event and um, other things have come out of that. But you can provide that live commentary. You can have your family walk in um, through uh, while you're on there, and people say it's real. They love it, um, and I guess that's why we're so um, so passionate about content, but also this live content as well. Um, and podcasts, I think podcasts are massive. So we also talk turn all of our uh, videos into podcasts as well. You think about I, I subscribe to a lot. Um, and you think about why I do that is because I can do other things while listening. Uh, and so multitasking is such a, a key thing um, for people to be able to do. So I think if you want to create content, content doing podcasts is an awesome way uh, to, to do it. So for us, um, doing all of this online uh, has opened many doors. And some of those doors include traditional media, so newslet- uh, newspapers and uh, radio um, uh, and even television. And I think it's because we create this content online that has given us that validation that has opened the door to traditional media. And for us, traditional media probably opens the doors to the retiring farmer age group, but they're the ones who want to see content in that way. So we've, we've got to be able to adjust out to that audience as well as needed. But without creating the social media content, we wouldn't have had those doors open to us. Um, um, and also, it's, it's opened up doors around sponsorship. So we've had uh, an organization, they're going to sign up and support us soon, and they said, Mainly the reason why we're backing you is because of your persistence and your positivity and you are out there creating content and we want to be part of that. Um, so it's created opportunities that I haven't thought of before uh, just because we're there having having a crack uh, and, and doing it in a really public way. And I think it's also giving a lot of trust um, to us so people know why we're here. We're talking about it all the time. We're here to support regional Australia and aspiring farmers. So people are going to give us opportunities and already are giving us opportunities that and a, a traditional type of organisation that's not sharing their story just wouldn't get. Um, they trust us from the start and, and are happy to have these full-on discussions, which are which are intense. We're talking about people's livelihoods here. We're talking about farms, which people are just so attached to. It's the it's part of them, um, and so I think that's just another benefit of what this social media does. Is it, it gives us that realness, and uh, and therefore it opens opens doors, and um, people are happy to chat. Um, I think that's probably my time up, but I think in in, um, in summary, I just think every business and every aspiring farmer just needs to be on social media and creating content, documenting your journey, um, and use that to get the thing that you want, which might be people paying for your services or people giving you a farm. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you just got to go where the attention is. It's online. Uh, there's no arguing about that. So what do you need to do is start creating content to get some of that attention. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for your time, and we can um, I can put up questions on the screen here if you guys have any. And um, yeah, love love that you're having a crack at this this leadership program. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> having a crack is certainly the word because I would be the least user of Facebook in the room, and I was the one that just sent you that message. <laughs> that, that's been done for about a decade. Um, so we'll go to the floor for a couple of questions and, and Jay will introduce people along. Um, okay, so, no, so what we're going to do is if you can keep your questions um, as short and concise as you can and send them through to Sam. Um, so Jane will still field the question. You can type it in. And as we go, Sam will answer as many as he can in the next 15 minutes. But even if you have questions, put them on the live feed and there's no doubt Sam will get back to you or fill them through me at some point. But please keep them up as clear and concise as you can. Any chance one's turned up yet? It's coming. 
Because I, I had one ready to go, but I deleted it to give you the other one. Whilst we're waiting for a question to come through, Sam, I had one that I was um, typing up for you. Um, in the scheme of um, such a wide variety of investors to be involved, um, and the whole concept's quite romantic and caught up for people that have that idea of farming, um, how, how do you foresee that the consequences will play out in times of hardship and, and drought? Uh, yeah, great uh, question. I'm just going to type this up here as well. Uh, how do you deal... Yep. Uh, with hard times of farming, so yeah, we um, we tell people um, that this is a we aren't here to tell you how to invest your money. We're just presenting opportunities, and we're upfront with that, and we're getting got all the legal advice around all that. So this isn't us about us telling people to invest. We're merely presenting opportunities or connecting people who can have a chat. Uh, and it's like any investment; you've just got to do your own due diligence around that. What we are doing with aspiring farmers is we get them to pull investment proposals together. So we've got like a 10-page template, and part of that is outlining risks. So we want them to say, how are you going to deal with droughts? Uh, how are you going to uh, mitigate that risk, i.e. Um, water, irrigation, um, or have an off-farm income? Uh, whatever it is, but we want people to, these aspiring farmers, to be one step ahead of the investors, to know that they've got to de-risk this as much as they can, uh, but also to let investors know that, you know, this is like any investment, um, uh, there are risks involved, and uh, the aim is to work with that, uh, that farmer to try and mitigate them as much as possible. Thank you. Okay, that was a question. I think that's gone through. So that question popped up there from Alice. Sam? Oh, I'll see if I can get it. What are uh, your ambitions to be a farmer now? Is that the one? That's right, yep. Uh, um, I'm going to just type it up. Um, I, I have none in that I've realised my brothers are much more practical and clever than me, uh, and one of them is now a farmer, but I've realised that it's probably a good thing I wasn't, so I just don't have <laughs> the skills in farming, and I'm loving what I'm doing. So I love the idea of, I just like the idea of um, good land management. Um, and I love the idea that I could support thousands of farmers across Australia. So to me, um, um, it's probably a good thing for the ag industry. I'm not a farmer because I think I'd be uh, terrible at it. Um, and uh, so things worked out well in the end. Um, but for other people who do have the skills and are passionate um, and want to get cracking, we want to um, help them realise their dream. Thank you. Um, has the next one popped up there for you from Libby Dowling? Libby Dowling. Sam, what are your plans for following up on aspiring farmers once they have a farm and also the retiring farmers to sure, ensure everyone ends up happy? Is a great question. How do we follow up? Matches. Um, we, we're happy to not be involved at all. So we, we tell people that this is just about connecting the right people. Uh, and if you get along well and you've got your own advisors, uh, Etc. Fantastic. That's that's our number one. It's just getting that match right. Uh, but if people want us involved, we can be. So we're developing a brand for ourselves. So we want to be able to use again this presence we have online, this trust to be able to sell produce from each of our farms and hopefully get a, a higher price or a premium or open more doors for each of our farms that we set up. So we're working through that right now. 
the other things we're looking at is is being a part of a board that each of these farms establishes, which has the aspiring farmer and the retiring farmer, and probably also a technical advisor or an agronomist involved as well. So we sit there as a chairperson to catch up monthly, work through a 10-year strategy, an annual plan, uh, the finances, um, and just think of ways that we can support the farm to be a great arrangement because we want these farms to be run professionally. This is about documenting everything, making sure there's a place and a time for people to air issues and disagreements because this is, a lot of farming is just about relationships, especially if we're, we've got multiple parties involved. So we can be involved on the board uh, and we're thinking about other ways as well but um, we definitely don't just want to set these farms up and forget them we want to be involved if they if they want us um, but again our primary aim is just around matchmaking and um, if they've got it sorted that's fantastic thank you and there should be another one there from kelly harwood yes uh, from kelly many of the rural communities in our region do not have access to the internet how can they be involved? Is your company involved in the Black Spot program? We should be. Uh, uh, what do we do? It's a really good question. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. We probably should be. We'd be a great. Um, we'd love to get, if you've got connections, we'd love to talk to anyone who could help open doors to better internet. Because um, I don't know how people can survive without it. We certainly can't. Um, and... Uh, I guess that's sort of why we're trying to use social media to get to the more traditional forms of um, media. Um, so we've we've had a lot of uh, people contact us because they heard us on ABC Radio or seen us in the Weekly Times or other uh, media outlets. Um, so I guess that's probably our backup is we use online just because we can control it and we're masters of our destiny and we can get to the most amount of people in one hit that we, we can. Uh, and then hopefully that opens doors to other means. But yeah, if there's any ideas of how we can um, get other people's attention, um, we'd love to hear it. But yeah, the internet's a big one. I'm loving this social media platform. I'm thinking I'm going to be, you know, don't need to leave my office anymore. I just get the staff to give me a message. Um, another one from Natalie AJ. Natalie, where are you? Oh, I don't have it. Um, are you seeing a trend of interest in particular types of farms from these new generation farmers? For example, the type of livestock, fruit or crop? Yeah, great one. Um, uh, yes and no. Um, we're seeing a lot of the organic market garden style farms, especially from retiring farmers. Um, so these, I, I think we're getting a lot of those sort of retirement age farmers who are organic because they're probably thinking more socially and more socially conscious, so they're probably um, open to this idea of sharing more. Um, so that's from the retiring farmer's point of view, but we're going to use that to just get the doors open to any type of farming operation, and we don't have any restrictions. Uh, with the aspiring farmers, it's really broad. We, we do have a, a great mix of people who just want to uh, uh, do small-scale uh, market gardens all the way up to uh, people who want to own stations in the Northern Territory and WA Um so it, does, it it really varies. And I guess we're trying to tell aspiring farmers, what is your real dream? So a lot of people say to us, oh, I'm just going to save and I'm going to get my uh, 50 acres and then I'll save a bit more and I'll get another 50 acres and then by the time I'm 80, I'll have my 1,000 acres. And we're saying, no, what what do you want from the start? And let's, let's work backwards from there. And you find the right people to open those doors to get you the 1,000 acres from the very start, which could be a couple of years away. But um, dream, dream. Uh, to, to what you want, not what you're, you yourself are financially limited to because 
through conversations, again, you could have, you could be on and part own uh, a, a farm that you've always wanted to own. And we did a video the other day talking about people complaining about corporate farms coming in, putting up the price of farms across the country and they're complaining they can't get their foot in the door and we're saying your unfair advantage is that you know the district, you know every single retirement age farmer in your community and you can go up and convince them. You can provide them so much value that when a corporate knocks on their door, they go, oh, no, no, uh, I'm not selling to you. I'm going to give it to Mary. We're going to work on a partnership uh, in two years' time because she's absolutely dedicated and she... she is the person I want to have this farm. Um, see you later. So that's uh, sort of the discussion we want to get people to have is is don't let money be the, the limiting factor to you, what you want to do in life uh, and especially in farming. Um, but have that as your driver of what you want to do. So therefore, that will give you the energy to go and hustle and talk to retiring farmers and try and find investors and pull your investment proposal together. Thanks, Sam. Um, another one has come through for you from John Chanter. Maybe this is showing how, how bad my internet is. Hang on, I'll refresh. John, how many aspiring farmers has Cultivate Farms placed on farms so far? How many are looking for farms? Great question. Uh, how many matches so far? We, so one farming, one lease we've pulled together, which is Tim and Teague and the co-founders. Uh, one investment, uh, whether investor and aspiring farmer. Um, that's in Kyabrum. It's just come through. We're now matching one for through equity crowdfunding, uh, and we've matched those um, two around the big properties around three and a half thousand acres and four and a half thousand acres in Central Vic and Central New South Wales. And we've probably got half a dozen in the works now with retiring farmers. Um, but a lot of our effort is just trying to get these aspiring farmers to think bigger. Because uh, they've never had the, no, no one's ever said to them, you can own the farm of your dreams. And we're saying it to them now. And for them to get there, they need to pull a proposal together. They need to have a bit of paper which shows why they're so clever, otherwise no one's going to invest in them. So a lot of our work right now is just building that backlog and getting those aspiring farmers excited and pulling proposals together so that when these opportunities do pop up or when there's a farm for sale, um, they're ready to jump onto it uh, and get cracking. Um, because we can, unless we've got that document, and people um, can see that they're clever and they can make money. Uh, we just can't get these investors to, to look at it. But you have to, like an app entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, you've got to be out there and have something written down and be ready to pitch. Um, so that's our, our focus at the moment. But at the same time, we need these case studies. So that's been our focus the last six months is to get those farms matched. And over the next couple of months, we'll, um, we'll be documenting them and just promoting across the, the country. And once people see that this is real and it does work and this isn't anything unusual, um, we're going to have a lot more matches and a lot more opportunities pop up. Great, thank you. Um, we've got time for just two more questions and they're already come through to you, I hope. So the next one is Tanil Bailey. Tanil. From Wangaretta, there seems to be a big disconnect between your aspiring farmers and retiring farmers. What are you doing to get more retiring farmers investors involved in for this to work? Uh, also, given the business uh, has been going for three years, how many matches have you actually made? We'll uh, answer the first one. I've answered the second one. Um, yeah, I think there is a is there um, a disconnect? I guess. Uh, so I'm just typing this in. Um, potentially, I think there's probably just um, a big mindset 
barrier to get over with retirement age farmers. Uh, I think succession in, in general is probably, apparently pretty um, poorly or, or rarely talked about in the farming industry, let alone the idea of handing your farm on to kids that aren't your own. So I think sharing is a big concept to get farmers' heads around. And we've been thinking about, uh, and we've known this issue, the supply of retiring farmers who are willing to share is probably the, the, the biggest um, bottleneck. So we've been thinking about setting up something like the National Farm Succession Planning Day uh, or to get make it normal for people to talk about succession. So we're trying to think of other ways to get the conversation going, um, which can open up more opportunities. But, but that definitely is probably the hardest thing for us right now is, is getting that supply of retiring farmers. Um, also, there's some of those farms that were put up that we just haven't had aspiring farmers put their hand up for. Um, so a lot of this is around telling aspiring farmers, what are you willing to do? Like, Are you willing to move to a different state to realise your dream? I mean, how much do you want this? Uh, and I think there's a lot of aspiring farmers out there who aren't prepared to, to move very far at all. And, that, and that's fine. That's for their own reasons. But I guess we're just trying to get people thinking about this more. Like, how much do you really want to realise your dream and what would you sacrifice to, to get there? Uh, and then the other point around investors, um, yeah, we're building that up. So we've developed a draft as, as a beta form on our website. It's a farm pitching marketplace where anyone can log in create an investment proposal and then click submit and that'll be in front of investors and we want to build over the next six months we're building this list of investors who'll be sitting there they'll get an email notification when a farm pops up that meets their criteria for investment for investing so our aim is to have every single potential investor in australia on our system over the next few years so that these aspiring farmers know all right i'll pull a proposal together and i know i'll have it in front of investor in front of someone who could actually make this happen so the only limiting factor is me writing this down and demonstrating that I can run a, run a profitable farm. Great, thanks, Dan. And one, one last one from Dan Purcell. Has that come through? Dan. I think so. Um, let me scroll. Dan, has the model been taken advantage of, e.g. retiring farmers using aspiring farmers for free labour? I think that's... I, I love that idea, actually. Um, uh, has the model... Of. <clears throat> well, I, I in a way, we're, these matches were telling retiring farmers that we don't. you're not doing anything that you don't want to do. So a lot of them say, ah... Oh, how am I, how can I be confident that this aspiring farmer is good enough and that they'll love the farm as much as me and I don't want to hand over ownership straight away. So we're telling them, well, let's do a 12-month trial. Let's employ them for 12 months or whatever the arrangement might be. You get to know them. Um, there might be an initial fit, but over time you realise you can't actually work together uh, and make that clear up front. Just as long as there is an ownership opportunity at some stage, um, we think aspiring farmers are going to jump at it. So we just make sure, first off, the retiring farmer is, is happy um, to get that or share share ownership in some form um, so that's our, our number one criteria and we, we love the idea of retiring farmers jumping on our system and headhunting the aspiring farmers and putting them through the tests like sending them an email saying hey I saw your profile you look alright um, how about you come work for me for two months for free uh, and out of that you might have a chance of owning my farm I mean why not we, we did a post the other day saying why aren't you as aspiring farmers headhunting the very best farmers in your district, people who could open doors to you to own a farm, and why aren't you volunteering them for working to work for them for 12 months for free? Uh, I mean, it's cheaper than going to university, uh, and doors that could open out of that uh, could be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, we're, we're open to anyone using this whichever way they can. Um, we just want to get people connected and thinking about 
this is just another pathway for me to get on and own my farm and there could be many ways of that happening. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Sam. Uh, thank you for speaking to us today, displaying the wonderful opportunities that can come together through social enterprise such as Cultivate Farms. Um, and it was quite a lovely experience. So thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.